1: Here we are once again, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, man. And let me tell you, thank you very much for tuning in for all of our returning listeners. But uh, based off the numbers that I've seen, the stats and whatnot, we have a lot of new listeners as well. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in. And you've are thats half the battle, right? Now you get to learn, and today we're going to be talking with Billy Pryor about fishing and I say that because the last you know three podcasts have been about whitetails and I know that's what a lot of us are thinking about right now I know I am as well especially with this huge cold front coming through the state uh, I'm talking with Billy about fishing because he seems to think that the month of October is a an overlooked month to get out there and you know put a plan together to catch your biggest fish of the year and he's going to break that down in today's podcast he's going to talk about what lures to throw where to find these big fish he even gives a little science of why these fish are biting this time of year and as the temperatures not only of the air but the water start to cool down what you need to do to locate these fish and throw something that's enticing to them, and catch them, and get them in your boat. So that is what today's podcast is about. Uh, before we hop into this podcast, though, I want to, you know, take this time and tell everybody for more information, you know, about this podcast and the Iowa Sportsman in general, and and how you can go uh, subscribe to the magazine. Just go to iowasportsman.com. Tons of great information there. That's where you can find this podcast. You can also find this podcast in iTunes or wherever you currently download your podcast. And then the magazine, right? You can get the magazine subscription from the website as well. There's an easy click button, sign up, and uh, there you go. So, without further ado, let's get into today's podcast about how you can catch your v- biggest fish in October with returning guest, Billy Pryor. All right, everybody. Once again, we are joined by Mr. Billy Pryor. How you doing today, man? I'm uh, not too
0: bad. I'm itching to get out there and do some deer hunting, but I think we're going to do some fishing talking today so yeah
1: absolutely i tell you right now this cold front that's coming through iowa has really got me itching to get in the tree stand something bad
0: oh yeah i'm just hoping it's not too wet and if this rain would stop for a little while where i'm at anyways we've got almost four inches in the last three days so just needed to hold off
1: yeah absolutely absolutely all whitetail aside though today we're going to be talking about fishing and the article you recently wrote in the Iowa Sportsman magazine is about putting together a plan to catch your biggest fish of the year uh somewhere around the month of October and uh, specific ways to do that and that's what we're going to break down uh today. We're going to it's going to be heavily focused on bass fishing, but it sounds to me like uh and like what you mentioned in the article that it can kind of the principles can kind of pertain to any predator fish like walleye, maybe northern uh, or smallmouth as well. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, if it, if a fish is predatorial or if it hunts its food instead of just feeding off the bottom, a lot of these tips that seem to be focused towards just bass actually leans into a lot of those species, um, just because they they all tend to chase their food in the same manner so it'll it'll pretty much cover everything that i think you're probably fishing for this time of year besides maybe catfish
1: yeah absolutely and i'll tell you what my uh father-in-law he's been uh fishing up in the northeastern part of the state uh on the mississippi for like 44 years right and up there over by the harper's ferry area and this it, uh, the month of October is his favorite month to fish. The walleyes are biting, the bass are biting. He runs into some small smallies every once in a while, and and uh, just the other day, I think he caught a ten pound northern. So, um, he uh, he loves this this time of year. Unfortunately, my focus is in the timber. So basically, I want I want you to try to convince me throughout this podcast of why I should maybe give a week weekend up of deer hunting and maybe go hit the, hit the water. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, I
0: understand exactly where you're coming from, but I try to hold off a little bit from the tree stand right now. Anyhow, you know, let the weather cool down a little bit more and I'm still in full swing with fishing. And the reason why is, you know, I have the knowledge that over the experience I've had through the years, where a lot of people start putting their boats away. They start packing up their fishing gear and getting, you know, everything winterized. Some of the best biting fish and some of the biggest fish I've ever caught has been in October. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, seasonal change. So the more you can get out there this time of year, you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about because these fish that are hungry now, just like they were before, you can start enticing them now with bigger baits, bigger baits mean bigger fish. And if you're looking for, you know, a trophy on the wall or that fight that takes you 10 minutes to get it in, this is the time of year to do that. You you won't fight anymore, any other time of year. Right.
1: So let's break it down just a little bit and go into some detail. Why is October such a good month to be on the water where you do have the potential to catch this, this really big fish.
0: For the reason that
1: they are
0: out there getting bigger and eating bigger is the reasons we don't want to be out there. It's getting cold. They know it's getting cold. So they are prepping for winter. We prep by staying inside. They do the same thing by getting as warm as possible and hiding in good cover and they are eating every single chance they get. So the big ones that know better than to take your fake lure or something that's not quite enticing enough for them for them throughout the summer, now it's just enough. They know they need lure for the upcoming winter. So metabolism slowing down, they need to start building up you know body fat and getting ready for the upcoming winter. so it, it makes it Not necessarily more strikes, but better strikes. Gotcha.
1: So with that said, you know, like there are cold-blooded species, right? The, as the water temperature starts to cool down, they start to cool down and at the same time they need to eat more, right? To, to put on that fat, like you said, is, is there a time of year or a time, even a time of day? that is better for you know this fall i mean evening morning middle of the day like maybe a a specific cold front coming through or different pressure is there any time of day or maybe a, a weather pattern that triggers them to start biting i think that any any day of the year i don't it doesn't
0: matter if it's hot or cold. I always say mornings and evenings are the best, and I I think that's always been tried and true for me. Um, they tend to have more energy during those times. Um, bait fish will get out and swim and open a little more, and they will go out after them. So I, I definitely always say early morning, late evening, you know, sun rising, sun falling. Um, time a storm is moving in, obviously that affects barometric pressure. It always tends to get the fish crazy. But the great thing about this time of year is since they are so focused on eating and preparing for winter, that pretty much any time of the day it is all right. So, you know, if you just get off work like I do two o'clock in the afternoon, as long as it's not too windy, go ahead and get out there. If you do have a chance to get up right away in the morning, also a great time to get out there, especially in October. Yeah.
1: All right, so the question is, you know, the last time uh, we were on a podcast, you talked about this warm weather, sun beating down on you, look for shade and and, uh, certain types of cover that uh, are good for warm weather. Does any of that carry over to the fall and, uh, you know, trying to locate a really big fish or have their locations changed from the, the hot summer months to now?
0: surprisingly
1: it it does carry
0: over a lot of it and it's weird to say that hey the foliage here is good cover and it keeps them cool and now i'm going to say hey the foliage here is going to keep them warm it's kind of a double standard but anything within the water is going to hold temperature better than the water will so as the water starts fluctuating temperature if you have thick foliage in there you're going to have bait fish in there. And again, like I've said before, if you have bait fish, you have predator fish. So they look for those warmer areas, those uh, more sustainable temperature areas, and they will tuck into there or the bait fish will go into there. So as much as it is hot, it is also cold. It's it's more of a stability sort of thing, I guess you could say.
1: Right. Okay. Now, I don't know like in rivers they have small like I'm using the missis i'm using what I know as an example right uh, two things one would be a lake or a pond that has a, a crick running into it and it's dammed on the other side right or or maybe the river uh with um, a crick running into it are there any specific type of water entry or exit points in like a lake or a pond or maybe an entry point in a river that uh, one might want to focus on this time of year?
0: Yeah, anywhere where there's rapid water, you know, whether it's in a pond, something that's flowing in or whether it's a river or anywhere where there's a dam, you know, I like to get into those moving areas. Um, any area that's rapid water has more oxygen, more oxygen means healthier fish, Um, flowing of food, uh, bait fish that can't swim against the current. So I love getting into rapid water and something like that. You know, you start presenting like a live bait, um, in an area like that. And it's just, I mean, twice the strikes twice as fast. So really I stick to any rapid water. If if it's available, I will definitely hit that first, um, basically just watch for um, if there's a rapid area that may have some sort of foliage or like in the river, if you have a rock check, some little area that kind of slows down a little bit this time of year, they're slowing down. They won't want to fight this, the current as hard. So get right in that area too. And definitely, definitely watch for any moving
1: water. Right. And that's kind of a, that's a key sign that there's going to be something there you might want to throw, you know, throw in too.
0: That's usually my first, my first check. You know, I look around, I see what kind of cover I have under the water, above the water, check for rapid water movement, especially like a dam.
1: Rock checks are great. And that's usually my go-to right off the bat. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, so now we've, we've talked a little bit about why these fish are, you know, they're filling up for winter uh we talked a little bit about some of the the terrain features and stuff and uh, you know i think for a fishing podcast people t- tune in because long story short they want to know what they need to throw right they for, for you know for for the most part people know where the fish are at they just want them to bite so this time of year and you know obviously with the the heavy emphasis here again on bass fishing what are you throwing to to trigger that big bite it it depends a lot
0: on what you've got going on you know is it an Indian summer that's carried late into the fall so it's still nice and warm out or we're running a brisk fall that's got frosty mornings either way I pretty much have a a set of lures and baits that I use Um, obviously when I'm using a live bait, I said bigger is better this year. So I usually switch from minnows and leeches and I'll get into the, more of the chubs this time of year. But if I'm on lures, uh, lipless crankbaits, buzzbaits, spinnerbaits, and flat sided crankbaits is usually my go-to this year. Okay. This time of
1: the year. So why, a why a lipless crankbait?
0: So basically with the lipless, um, If you're in an area, let's see, I would say a lot of higher vegetation is still around. Maybe it's a little warmer. Um, Maybe if you have stumps or dock edges or something like that, your crankbaits usually have treble hooks on them, tend to get caught on everything. Well, your lipless gives you that rounded front end that really pushes you off of everything else. So that way you can kind of, you know, retrieve it slowly, give it some quick jerks and you can get next to that cover and just suspend it. And then you can get it right over the top and bring it back in. And it's nice and silent. It gives a little flash, but it's not, it's not noisy. It's pretty easy to run through cover too.
1: So gotcha, gotcha. Now, is there a, is there a specific set of lures or, um, that you're running in current as opposed to less current let's say like a pond or a lake i tend to stick to the same lures um all depending on basically what
0: i can snag in the water if i've got stuff in my way it switches me up to you know the, the lipless um but if i'm wide open and i can really get deep in the water then i like to use like a flat-sided or something along those lines okay any any plastics um this time of year i use them if i need to um i feel that a lot of the crankbaits get the job done and i find myself using a plastic only if i'm in maybe like the base of a dam and my chubs aren't working i'll try a larger plastic and i'll just vertical jig it but i go deep you know, to a medium depth somewhere in there just to kind of get away from that surface temperature of the water. Cause I mean, it's mixing up anyways, and they're moving deep and catching all the food that's settling at the bottom. So that's usually the only time I put on a plastic this time of
1: year. Gotcha. Now this next question I have for you, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a very vague question because there's so many different, you know, different varieties of lures and there's so many different uh, water clarities this time of year right I, I have a feeling that with all this rain we've currently been having we're going to run into a lot of dirty water right so absolutely it, is there any specific uh, i don't know like colors that that kind of pop out to you that that may have worked better in the past as opposed to others
0: Color schemes, I've always stuck to a, a fire tiger as my number one favorite. Uh, bright greens, yellows, oranges with dark black stripes running through it. And I use that in clear as well as murky water. But when I start getting into real murky water or times that you know I don't have any uh, fire tiger lures on hand, if I can run something like a spinnerbait or anything with fire flash to it that's what i'll I'll tend to get to in murky water Um, my spinner baits usually have um, a colorado blade and a gold willow leaf blade one silver one's gold and it doesn't matter how dirty the water is you can get that out there five feet from the boat five feet from the shore and you can see it flashing so that just tells you underneath the water what they can see could be 10 15
1: 20 feet yeah yeah so uh what about rattle traps? I know that uh in the summer we use them we use them a lot. Uh I'm not so sure about if that's a good lure for October.
0: Rattle traps is really good again in the in the murkier waters. Um when it's harder to see through and see what it is. Um as long as again you've got those treble hooks hanging off the back of it if you can get past the vegetation or anything in your way that's going to snag you, absolutely get to anything that can make noise. I mean, in the mornings and evenings, I love switching over to um, like a buzz bait or a frog or something on top of the water because it's nice and cool out. They know the animals around are getting moving, whether it be, a mouse that's skittering by, or a frog on top of the water, so that sound is just it. It gets them right to it. So, any chance
1: you can get to ever use sound in dirty water, I always say go for it. Gotcha. Okay. Now, with with everything that we've kind of uh, covered, I mean, this has kind of been a really fireball podcast. We've talked, we've covered a lot of information in a real short period of time. But, you know, you've mentioned something about this Indian summer. Uh, and then also a, a kind of a brisk uh, brisk uh, fall where it starts to get uh, cool. Is there any strategy change if the water temperature is, let's say, the, the air temperature is cool and the water temperature is warm or vice versa where it's been cool, the water temperature is colder than the air temperature? Is there any strategy change uh, at that point?
0: i would say that if you run into any water that is staying a stable temperature i won't really necessarily look at what our air temperature is versus the water temperature is what i like to look at is see how the water temperature is fluctuating so if it's staying the same then obviously i mean fish the way you've been fishing if you're catching fish otherwise look for cold areas or in cold areas look for Um, areas where bait fish are hot areas look for any shaded cover other than that you don't get too much of a fluctuation in the water over a series of days so just kind of see what the temperature is i mean especially if you're on a boat and you've got a fish finder it tells you the water temperature right there if you're i would say above 55 degrees or something along that then You know, run four to six feet deep. If you're below 55 degrees, try to go deeper than six feet, and that's more stable temperatures at the bottom.
1: So, okay. Now, I'm the kind of guy. I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of guy who learns a lot from mistakes, or mistakes that you know, mistakes that I've made, or mistakes that somebody else has made, and then they tell me, "Hey, dude, don't do this." Is there any thing that you need to share with us about what not to do to as far as screwing up an area or screwing up on a on a potential big fish
0: the only real thing that i think you're going to run into this time of year that that you normally wouldn't run into is with the metabolism slowing their energies are slowing down so you're going to run into short strikes and A short strike you're going to feel especially in october colder months you know the beginning of spring you're going to feel a lot of little ticks little bumps uh, things that you think are bites and you you're just trying to set the hook and there's never anything there slow down during colder weather or colder water for sure because a lot of those little ticks and bumps is actually the fish trying to get to your lure but it doesn't
1: want it been that energy that it's been saving and building. Okay. So, when you say slow down, does this mean less casts over a period of time and and work the lure slower through the area? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, retrieve it slower, you know, do a lot of if you're using things like um crankbaits that have suspension in them. If you can, you know, suspend it next to some vegetation, just let it sit there for a little bit, give it a couple little taps and make it kind of dart around a little bit, make it look injured. That tells them, hey, that looks good, and it isn't going anywhere. I'm gonna jump for it. So, you know, do the retrieval a little slower every now and then, just give it some jerks and tugs. And if you have something on that has a trailer hook, you know, a second hook behind it. When they try to just nip that back
1: in, that could be your success right there. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So anything else in this article that we need to take into consideration if we're heading out in October to do some fishing?
0: Well, I would say, you know, the biggest portion of the article, even though it goes over what to use in my opinion, and these aren't guaranteed things. These are things that have worked for me is you try them out first of all but second of all don't put your stuff away too early so many people are so psyched for deer hunting and like i said i like to wait a little bit anyhow let it get colder make a move so i get out there and i can fish as well as just because it was 25 degrees today doesn't mean it won't be 50 tomorrow because we do live in iowa Yep.
1: (laughs) yep absolutely i hear that man well you know, man, we've covered we we kind of just fireballed this podcast today. Uh, I want to say thank you very much for uh, for hopping on again and uh, doing this last minute. And uh, good luck on the water and good luck in the woods, man.
0: I appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you too, because it's getting ready to switch from getting off the water and getting into the tree stand. So
1: I'm ready. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. Share this with your friends, right? Tell everybody about it because this podcast isn't nationwide like a lot of the other podcasts out there. This is specific to Iowa, although a lot of the information can be used throughout the country. uh, Our guests are from Iowa. Everything is Iowa on this podcast, right? So... Share it with your friends and family. Uh, Let's get this thing rocking and rolling. And uh, again, for more information about how you can subscribe to the magazine, uh, more information on any podcasts that you may have missed or any cool articles that you may have missed, go visit iowasportsman.com. And uh, thank you very much. Get out there. Enjoy Mother Nature. And we'll see you again next week.